Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of DMP for That's My Podcast. Today, we're going to get kind of deep, okay? But I think that's like the whole, you know, I feel like that's like the whole reason why I wanted to start this podcast was because I wanted to let others into my life and kind of talk about everything that I've done wrong, everything that I feel like I've done right, and just the journey in general, and bring other people along that journey, and also have other people on this podcast to share their own experiences um, of their life. And honestly, I just wanted to do all of this so if anyone is able to really connect or you know something really stands out to them, I just kind of wanted to do it so people don't feel alone and to just know that no matter what you're going through, probably somebody like somebody else has been through it as well. They survived, they got through it and then just kind of share like my own tips and tricks and, you know, just a place to have open communication, I guess. I don't know. But anyways, as um, a few I don't know how many people really know this about me. Um, really, it's mainly like my close circle and then people that have known me for a long time as well, like from the past. Um, I used to be pretty religious. Um, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness and I feel like a lot of people do know that religion, um, but just kind of I'll kind of give it a little bit of a rundown and kind of explain everything real quick. Okay, so kind of getting into the religion, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, if you're not like for sure on what that religion is or who they are, um, it's one of the main ones that kind of like comes and knocks on doors, which a lot changed and happened during COVID, but Um, That was kind of like how they were known before. Mormons also do that, but um, Jehovah's Witnesses were like, I think Mormons have kind of changed some of the things that they do now, but Jehovah's Witnesses were like the ones that weren't like riding their bikes and stuff to the door. And it was like men and women and everything. Um, A lot of people are not big fans of Witnesses and they're not... um, they're not super happy about them knocking on their doors or, you know, they feel like they're really pushy, all that jazz. And this podcast episode is in like no way, like anything that has happened with me and like in the past and stuff like that with, with this religion, like I do not have any hard feelings. This is not meant to bash anyone of the religion. This is not meant to bash the actual religion or anything like that. I honestly just kind of wanted to explain my story and just something that not a lot of people know of the experience that I got because I got disfellowshipped, which pretty much means that I kind of, in a sense, like got kicked out. I guess that's the best way to explain it, but I'm going to kind of go into a few terms that I'm going to be using a lot in this episode Um, and hopefully as I'm going through the story. I just kind of want to give a little bit of an insight on my background and also if anyone else is listening or does watch in the future, um, you know, I hope that people are able to kind of connect or 
um, have a bit of a better understanding of this of the situation and what can happen to some people or if they've been through it themselves um, I don't know I just feel like it is an important topic um, and it's not something that I feel like a lot of people really talk about okay so just to kind of go over a few of the terms or like I don't know some of the things I'll be saying um, so like first of all one thing is I normally don't say like the full like Jehovah's Witnesses normally I just say witnesses also um, like what people would normally call like church like oh I'm going to church we would say like we're going to uh, a meeting like we had like um, Thursday night meetings and Sunday morning meetings and then like where we had them is like you know a lot of people say like a church building um Jehovah's Witnesses use like the term kingdom hall and so like that's their like church um and then um something like one term I might use is like a pioneer that is someone that's like is in the hall or um like I don't really know do people use the term congregation that's what we kind of called like everybody that went to that hall um like that met at that kingdom hall so like a pioneer or someone that in the congregation that volunteers um like 70 hours a month it is and then also i'll probably say the term elder which is like i guess if you had to like go like look at it from like a ranking system like of something that like is normal with like a church is like a priest is kind of like higher up you know i guess um and like in the same way that's like an elder so it's someone that like the congregation like appoints if you will <laughs> to be like someone who like helps organize and like look over the congregation and like there's normally like a, a group of them that do this it's not just like one person but um yeah also as like a note too like also this podcast episode is like it's definitely not to push religion on anybody I feel like a lot of um people kind of look at Joe's witnesses in a negative light and this is not me trying to like say like oh you know like become one or anything like that or be religious and like go to church like I'm not trying to say any of that I'm just kind of touching on my experiences um because I know a lot of people probably have like religious trauma <laughs> and so that's just kind of the point of this it's not to make anybody like to force anybody to listen to um religious teachings or like bible scriptures or anything like that so just as a little bit of like a forewarning and note like that's not what i'm going to be talking about at all okay so with all that um aside let's just go ahead and get into the meat of this story you know this is pretty much um kind of how i just lost everything <laughs> um it sounds so depressing but i'm at such a better spot now so, um, yeah, just know that going into hearing this story, um, this is a pretty, like, deep story. This is very close to my heart because this is pretty much me losing a whole part of myself and losing everything that I had really known in life. And really, <laughs> the main reason why I'm even talking about this is, um, I actually... <laughs> 
just so you all know how deep-seated this is, um, I actually said this story to my therapist, um, and she was actually like, you know what, you should actually talk about that, like, on your podcast, and I'm sure this story could resonate with a lot of people that maybe didn't even have, like, a religious past, but just in general, like, have grown up certain ways and, and things and have dealt with something like this, so... Yeah, I'm just really hoping that this can kind of help someone or even if it just reaches one person. But anyways, so with a little bit of backstory, like if you are Jehovah's Witness, it pretty much is your life. At least where I was from, um, it was, you know, it's not just like where you go to church on Sunday and, you know you get to do whatever you want other times, um, which is not to bash anyone else. It's just like, that's just not how it works. Um, there are different like rules set in place, um, in a sense of like, you know, what you should and shouldn't do. And so, you know, just growing up, like, you know, I couldn't celebrate birthdays. I didn't celebrate holidays. And I had to make everyone aware of that, that at my school, at my job, at like, it just pretty much anywhere I went, it was like a part of my identity. And my parents didn't let me hang out with people like outside of school. Um, I had to kind of hang out with only witnesses. This was like my life for 18 years. I pretty much just, and I met amazing people and I had amazing opportunities and experiences, but you know, pretty much what I'm trying to get across is for a whole period of your life, like, you're kind of, you're not told to not ask questions or anything like that, but because of the rules set in place, like, that, um, let's see, so you're not really, they say, like, bad associations spoils useful habits, so you're not really supposed to hang out with anyone that's, like, not a witness, like, at least with, like, close relationships you aren't supposed to date outside of your religion that's like kind of a given with the last one you you know you have to remain super modest in your clothing so i remember getting in trouble like for what i was wearing and i could say more about that but like that's just the gist like you could literally get in i got in trouble for listening to fetty wop i got in trouble for listening to like I got in trouble for liking certain things on Instagram. I got in trouble for what I was wearing when I would wear just a cold shoulder shirt um, or saying that my my jeans were too tight. Um, and it it brings a lot of pressure, I guess, on a uh, someone. And I think a lot of people can relate to that whenever your entire life is being looked at under a microscope by the people close to you, by just the people that you are around, by, by you don't have a choice, and by your family too. Like, my parents um, became witnesses later in life, and not all of my siblings took to it. Um, and I think I was really like, uh, I think my oldest brother, he took to it a lot, but, um, as well at first, 
and but I think like I was kind of the last one in the family of their kids that was still a part of it and I always looked at it as a way that I could finally get recognition from them or acceptance or for them to just kind of sorry my mic keeps on messing up but just as a way for them to even say that they were proud of me and I think that made me do a lot of things that I didn't even want to do like and that's not saying they brainwashed me and all this jazz and stuff like that it was all on my own will but I felt like I had to do certain things and be a certain person for people to accept me and for my family to accept me for you know I pretty much was raised not by my parents really I was really raised by the people of the congregation like they they took me to the meetings they they took me to go out in the ministry like where we went door to door they would let me stay at their houses and like you know that those were like my friends parents like they were pretty much the ones that took care of me a lot and that's because my mom was very sick my dad had to be the sole provider so like he was working uh like all the time and yeah it's just a whole thing so pretty much my whole life was dedicated to being the best witness I could be. I sent so many crazy messages to guys being like, you know what, like, I really like you, but we shouldn't date because I shouldn't date until I'm ready to get married and all this. Like, I know that I sounded so crazy, but I thought that I was doing the right things. Um, but you know what? It was still literally never enough. I had I was able to like finally get into a group of friends um, later in life, uh, a little bit later into like my witness history um, when I was like maybe 16 or so. Um, I found like a group of people that I, I really enjoyed hanging out with and I felt like I could be more of myself around them than I had ever felt before. And that meant a lot to me. But overall, yeah, it was just a bunch of I don't know, I don't think I really realized that I was doing all this stuff until later on in life, which I think I kind of touch on in a, another podcast episode that I did with JJ, but yeah, it's just, uh, you're trying to fit into the box, and that is, that is so tough, and eventually, I kind of thought, like, I don't know what came over me, if it was maybe just like, I had come back from a trip. Uh, that I went to across Asia and when I came back I just had a different mindset you know the traveling mindset I, if you've ever traveled to like a different country or far away from home I think you can I think it'll resonate like you come back a different person really and that's not to sound like crazy or anything like that it's just you have your mind is open to more than the place that you grew up in things like that um so yeah long story short anyways i came back from a six-week trip that i went to like i went to thailand cambodia i went to japan i went to south korea and with three other girls and we're all you know young girls we went on this whole trip and i would have to tell y'all this story in a whole nother podcast this so much happened in that but 
pretty much like I feel like I kind of spent a lot of that trip alone and you know just doing things on my own and I think that kind of opened my eyes to like different stuff of like oh what do I actually want to do and I always felt different you know I always felt like I kind of didn't fully fit in um I was never I just was never enough even though I tried so hard to be like the perfect witness I just never really felt like I was enough for other people's parents for my own parents for like the other people that were around me that were um you know even my age like my friends and stuff like that um and it's hard to explain why I felt that way I just it was just a very it's a very judgmental zone at least in the hometown that I was in just because it's like it's a small place anyways it's kind of like where everybody kind of knows everybody and I think because of that it's just like further in where people are honed in on everything that you do and like most of my jobs other witnesses were working there too and so it's just like you never get that place where you get to just fully be you and you're not worried about what someone's seeing or what they're looking at or what they're gonna see you do I guess like not that I was this crazy whole different person behind closed doors but it's just you don't even get to know that about yourself because you're always worried about what someone else is thinking but kind of got off topic um well I guess not off topic but off the train of thought that I was going on but I came back kind of with my mind a little bit open I guess and I remember coming back and going back to my old job at McDonald's which oh my goodness crazy things happened there but um <laughs> I just remember going back and it just kind of felt different and eventually I ended up like it just snuck up on me but eventually I ended up catching feelings for a guy that I was working with and I ended up having like starting a relationship and I pretty much lived like a double life for like 10 whole months um I guess I would have been 17 18 I don't honestly I'm I can't even remember I think I was 18 um but yeah I think I, I think I was yeah I was 18 because I had my birthday in South Korea I remember that anyways yeah so I was 18 and I ended up having this whole other you know I had a secret relationship I literally only the only people that knew that we were in a relationship was I'm sure people had suspicions at actual at our actual job but we kept it a secret for a long time and then him obviously and then his friends I didn't tell my family I didn't tell my friends that I had because I would have gotten in trouble so um yeah I think whenever that happened the guilt of like first of all hiding such a huge part of your life because like eventually it got serious you know like hiding a whole piece of your life and it's like my first really like big relationship you know you want to talk about it and so hiding that and lying about where I was going what I was doing because obviously you know everybody's asking you and stuff and you know I just felt like it was such a strain on the relationship and on my mental to I just felt so much guilt I just felt so much guilt because I did not feel like I was doing the right thing I felt like I was finally choosing myself and I didn't feel like I could do that I at that moment I felt like choosing me was the wrong decision and eventually 
eventually I ended up like I came home from a sign language convention that I had went to for you know for being a witness and because I had learned sign language and I came home that night um, I believe it was from St. Louis um, and I drove straight to his house and I told him it's just like too much it's too much I broke up with him and then I came home super late and I told my parents what had been going on and I thought for some reason getting like you know breaking up with him and telling like my family and like telling on myself was going to relieve me of all this guilt and make me feel better and I thought people would maybe still receive it the right way because it was just a huge deal that I was telling them in my eyes and it just did not go as planned um you know obviously the guy was like pretty heartbroken I just put him through so much shit like that's ridiculous um and then I told my parents and you know all they could focus on was that I was lying to them this whole time and they didn't really focus on any other aspect of it other than that and you know I I can't like blame them for that but you know it's just like I guess it just wasn't the reaction I was obviously wanting um, I had lost everybody's trust and I was in such a bad place because I'd also lost the person that I had gotten closest to this whole last year and yeah it was just crazy experience my parents started giving me all these rules they well, I guess I can get into that in a second because the next thing that I did was tell the elders what had been going on so I was telling like the guys that like shepherd over the congregation like that look over it I had to pretty much tell on myself what was going on um, that's kind of like the the thing that you do um, if you make a mistake or sin so they say you should tell them and get the correct punishment or consequence and that way you can be forgiven and so I told them and this whole process is pretty crazy so pretty much um, I'll get into it I'm like trying to kind of go quick so because I don't want this podcast to be forever long so no one ever listens through it all but like um, if you all have any questions over like any specific topic or like thing that happened or the past or whatever like feel free to let me know uh, whenever I post this and feel free to just like message me directly or on any of the posts um, and just you know let me know personally like if you're curious about anything I'm pretty open book so they say but um anyways so the process of getting disfellowshipped I met with the elders I told them like you pretty much have to tell them everything it is very awkward they ask you very personal questions did you have sex with him did you how long was this going on are you sure it was real sex like are you sure it wasn't just you know some other things that people might say is like all this jazz and so you can imagine how an 18 year old telling these three adult men about like you know <laughs> losing this is gonna be so this is getting so deep but you know like you can imagine how telling this story of like me you know I 
lost my virginity. I, you know, like I'm going into this whole experience like that I never even like, I really never even had this deep of a discussion with my own parents. Like you can imagine how like difficult and awkward this was just like sitting and obviously I'm like feeling like I'm gonna like lose this life that I had known for so long because I know how, you know, how harsh the consequence of normally this action would be. So, you know, like I'm crying, like bawling my eyes out and I end up having to meet with them twice. I met with them once and kind of like did a brief explanation of what was going on. And then they, I met with them again. And then this was whenever they like really heard everything and, um, they had to kind of deliberate and see what the consequence was going to be. Um, you know, they try to read you some scriptures and say stuff that's comforting, but at the same time, it's like, it's just, it's crazy. It's an unorthodox situation and it is tough. It is so tough. So they had to deliberate, like, I guess is the best term for it, like after I told them everything. And so I had to sit in my car we were we met at the Kingdom Hall and I had to sit in my car like wait I don't remember how long it took maybe 30 minutes or so that they were talking and come in and hear that because it had gone on for so long um, that I was going to get disfellowshipped versus maybe just like maybe I would take, get my privileges taken away so maybe I would have to stop being a pioneer oh yeah like going into this like I was a pioneer I learned a whole nother language for this religion like I mean more than just the religion but like I was doing volunteer work where I was going door to door 70 hours every month of my life since I was 15 so this had been three years now I was doing 70 hours every month of door to door um I would learn I learned a new language I had moved halls out of like my parents hall because I could drive now and I wanted to meet a new group of people all this um but anyways yeah they said i was going to get disfellowshipped which pretty much means you can still go to meetings but you cannot talk to any witness you cannot um they are not supposed to talk to you if you do reach out um i can no longer comment at meetings like like raise my hand and you know have the mic and say something um i can never i can't um go out in service anymore so i can't go to door to door um, just all that. You pretty much can't be a part of anything. You can still get the information, but you can't have any other type of contact. And yeah, it's uh, tough because being raised as a witness, I didn't have any friends or anything that were not witnesses. So yeah and then they said that you couldn't tell anybody either that you're really like tell the limited amount of people that you're getting disfellowshipped before they announce it. They announce it to the whole congregation. And so, uh, yeah, it's kind of like people for like, I think it took like two or three, maybe two or three weeks before they were able to like give that announcement at a meeting. And so, um, at that point I really wanted to come back. You can come back if you're disfellowshipped, but it normally takes a year and that's if you're doing everything correctly during that time um so if you're disfellowshipped you're not banished forever but like first of all you just get sent to a full 
spiral of depression, losing everything. So it's like the thought of you doing everything right and being okay, like, and not just like, I don't know. It's just the odds are pretty, they're just, it's rough. But anyways, yeah, I wasn't supposed to tell anybody um, before it was announced, but I did, but it's just awkward because it's like, you know, people are inviting you to do stuff. They're trying to talk to you and stuff like that. And I didn't want to make the knowing that you're going to lose all of that. It's like, I didn't take it. I took it very serious and I didn't take it lightly in the sense of like, I just kind of kept on acting like nothing was going on. Like I was sad and I think people could tell that, but they didn't know what was going on. I did tell the people that were like closest to me, like that lived in other areas because they weren't going to hear the announcement. And um, I also told some of the people at my own congregation um, that were like super, super close to me, like what was going to go on. And I was just like apologizing to them that I had lied, all this jazz. So then comes the announcement. So you're sitting in the hall, in the kingdom hall, and like at the end of the meeting on Thursday night, they say like some announcements and they just like, you know, they just like read it off like a paper. And that was like when I, it got announced, they're like, okay, um, just so you all are aware, Alexandria Hardin is now disfellowshipped. And like, you know, everybody looks at you. They kind of look back. They're like, what? And no one knows anything. And I just, I, I tried walking out the door early that night because it is like crazy. It's so embarrassing. Um, yeah. And when I told my parents that I was getting this fellowship, they went completely crazy. They um, had like my phone surveillance on. If I was anywhere but the house, they would turn my phone service off because they thought I was like trying to meet up with the guy and um, that I had had a relationship with. Um, they made me get a job at Donut Bank, um, which is like a local like donut and coffee like place um, because they only hire girls to work in the actual shops. And yeah, I just kind of felt like a prisoner. And so when I said that I didn't want to like abide by all these rules and that it was just pretty crazy they were just pushing me away they were like you either do this or you can't live here so essentially I got kicked out of, of my parents house and I didn't know where to go what to do so I ended up you know like getting very depressed you could say suicidal and before I did anything I reached out to my ex and um he really helped me through that and he had me come over he said that I could like move in with him again with like you know no stipulations of us like getting back together all of that um, granted like with that whole situation um, I ended up getting back together with him for a period of time um, I also tried going to meetings again um, but then COVID happened and I think whenever COVID happened and it was like everything went to online and I didn't have to it's awkward going to the meetings after because you just, I tried to come in late because before you come in early, talk to everybody. I tried to come in late, sit in the back so no one could really see that I was there and try to leave a couple minutes early so you didn't have to feel awkward avoiding everybody walking out. It's just, it is weird. And when everything went virtual, I was like, okay, this is kind of easier because I kind of saved that embarrassment. But then I kind of like felt 
less obligation. And when I felt less, less obligation to go, I like, oh, who would miss me? You know, I um, was like, what do I want to do? Like, is this something that I really that is is this actually important to me or have I actually just been doing this because of getting like acknowledgement and because I felt like I was I needed to do this to for people to feel proud of me and to feel like I was doing the right thing so um I guess kind of like getting into that of like how I how everything kind of happened like I did not know what type of I didn't know what to do really I spent a lot of time uh just working at that point I just kind of like worked as much as I could I was working as much overtime I was working multiple jobs at a time I um you know I I was just trying to not think about everything and what I was going to do I wasn't really connecting with anybody I wasn't making any type of friends you know like I said like it's just a whole it's a whole different world um I think some of my audio like cut out so it's just like it's just it's a completely different life I was just kind of like put into a whole new world because I was still living like a witness kind of like other than really giving it my all in like meetings and stuff like that like I still I was so close-minded I had a witness mindset but I was in the real world and so that didn't like make it to where I had a lot of opportunities to like really make friends I wasn't I was scared to put myself out there and there was just so many unknowns. I didn't, I was like learning so many different things. I had like never seen like a rated R movie before. Like if that gives you any type of perspective, like I, there was so much that I didn't know and so much that I was closed off to that I was still boxing myself in mentally. And I even convinced like my ex that like the only way I could like I was still trying to become a witness and like the only way that I could become a witness and us still be together was like if we got married so we ended up getting engaged like I am like 19 and he is too like 19 years old like okay no judgment to who get like who gets married young but I I was not in a position to be making decisions and I didn't feel sure I didn't feel sure in any decision that I was making in reality that was really the kicker and I was forcing him to make a decision that was going to affect his life forever based on a decision that I wasn't even sure of so you know we ended up cutting things off and um and I was able to move back in with my family um and I really tried to avoid I tried to avoid them for a long time even moving back in with them uh because you know any type of interaction with them I would have they would try to bring up witness stuff again and it was like there's so many toxic things that happened at that point um with them and stuff and so it was just it was a lot pretty much I guess what I'm trying to get through is I it was like the first time in my life where I literally felt completely completely lost I had no freaking clue what I was doing with my life what I was going to do with my life and honestly I I still felt really alone because 
I didn't have that that community that I had had before where it was like, you know, even if it wasn't the best, at least I still had some people around me. I'm not saying that that is good, but it was just like, this was really the time where I was very, very alone. And I started thinking too, like, I didn't, whenever I broke up with my ex and stuff like that, like, I didn't know if I, like, in my head, I was kind of thinking like, you know what, I'm going to immediately try to be a witness again now. And I thought about it really hard and I almost did I reached out to like an elder about it even but I literally was like am I just trying to go back why am I trying to go back because I felt so judged too I was like okay am I going back because of God or am I going back because I just crave that community again and to have my old friends back um and then I thought in is that enough and is it gonna be different when i come back are people gonna view me completely weird because at this point their imagination has probably gone wild about why i got disfellowshipped and i'm like i felt judged in the first place i felt like i couldn't truly be who i wanted to be so like maybe i should just figure out <laughs> who i want to who i want to be before i make any of these decisions and I guess that is where I am now. Now, like, I'm just gonna kind of try to wrap this whole episode up, I guess. But I guess what I want to get out is that now I'm at a spot. I am obviously, well, I, I don't know if it's, I, I think it's pretty obvious, but, um, I am not, I did not go back. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. Um, I did not go back to my ex again. I, you know, I kept on living, having different experiences. I'm now, like, you know, having other relationships. And I have been able to have groups of friends, you know, not all of them, all, not all the friendships lasted and that's okay you know i have been growing tremendously i'm going to therapy i um i've made a lot of choices in life that i never thought that i was gonna choose because i thought i was always gonna choose somebody else over me you know i finally went through that coding boot camp i got into the tech industry where i'm hoping to have you know financial freedom eventually by having properties and i like went in with JJ on the clothing brand like you know we have an amazing relationship that I would have never ever had if I wouldn't have made the decisions that I made in the past even when I made the decisions to continue to go on when I felt like there was nothing else for me and I just hope that uh sorry but I hope that that stands out to other people gosh goodness sorry it still chokes me up this whole experience because it was just such a it was just such a huge part of my life but I never thought that I would get to the point that I am now where I'm happy Gosh, sorry. I know it's probably so annoying listening to like 
um, <laughs> people talking and crying and stuff. So it's just, I never thought that I would get to a point again in life where I felt happy. I don't feel fully at peace with everything yet, but I'm working towards it, you know, in the sense of like, I'm still kind of searching for something to bring me a type of fulfillment that um, being a part of, like being a Jehovah's Witness gave me. But yeah, you know, I have so many great things going on in life and, you know, I'm repairing my relationship with my family and I don't always think what somebody else is going to think whenever I do something anymore. I have decided to just make a decision uh, and follow through and I have become way more open-minded about people and what happens in life and, and what life has to offer whenever you don't box yourself in. And, you know, it was a journey getting here. Like, you know, like everything was not roses. Um, at maybe it was just the thorns pretty much for a minute. But I guess my, my advice is if you've ever been through a traumatic experience, maybe similar, just where it was life-changing, I guess. And life-changing where you thought it was negative, I guess my advice is to take a second accept the feelings that come through and realize that I'm not one of those people that believes like every single thing happens for a reason because uh, I don't want to believe that bad things happen because they needed to happen but my thing is that you can make any situation something beautiful in the end and I think that is like the best advice do what you feel like is right and what you feel like is best for for you um and just start living life you know I guess I just started saying yes to stuff and that's kind of how I got to where I am in like where I'm at now and that doesn't mean yes to everything but it was just really being more open to the doors that were opening and you know going through the roller coaster sorry i don't know why an airplane decided to go through right now i'm sure you can hear it through this mic but um anyways kind of ruined the moment but uh <laughs> i guess you know try to channel any type of resentment, anger that like, cause I could still be angry at like the situation that happened or whatever. My parents, I don't know, my friends for maybe not reaching out. Um, a lot of them, like some of them have, but like my old friends that were witnesses for not reaching out, maybe, I don't know. But uh, that's not gonna get you anywhere to continue to be upset over the same situation or feeling like it's unfair. Move on and create something better. I would never be here where I am right now if this hadn't this experience had not happened to me. If I had not lost a whole part of me, if I had not lost my life, really. If I had not lost my old life, I would not be where I'm at now and 
you know, the possibilities are still endless, you know? I mean, nobody is guaranteed tomorrow, but every day I'm trying to live life in a life that will make me happy and that I'm excited to wake up the next day and that I want to, you know, share it with others. So, yeah, I'm not just going to keep on saying the same things, I guess, but, you know, this whole experience... Um, was definitely life-changing and it was crazy and if y'all have any other questions feel free to let me know or if you want a deeper dive on any aspect uh, I'm fine doing any more episodes on this but yeah I just kind of wanted to give everybody a deeper insight into my old life and how I got here and you know the different struggles and trauma just in case someone else might be able to relate. So I hope that you all enjoyed this episode and sorry if the audio was kind of messing up. My mic was going in and out. So hopefully um, everything is clear enough, but thank you all for listening and being a part of this journey and reaching out to me and talking. And it has been amazing so far having this podcast and yes, love y'all and appreciate y'all. And I'll talk to you in a couple weeks.